recording. Is it recording? Yeah, that we're both good. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Positive. Okay. Okay, so hey, welcome to Wildly Curious, episode four. Welcome. It's a beautiful day here in Colorado. It's not a beautiful day here in Colorado. It's actually no, that's such a lie. It's pretty cool. Although I don't know why the re- why the weather is relevant to the podcast. That's it's not. Fair, that's a fair point. I was supposed to be in Detroit, but I'm not, which is why we might be a couple days late on this podcast. So apologies for that for our 12, 12 followers. And hey, if you're a follower and you like us, just make sure to tell your friends about us. And if you hate us, make sure to tell your friends about us. Why? If they don't like us, they should just walk away it's, and it's, it's stop the, listening to it's us. The class, it's the classic rule. Any press is good press. I don't know about that. Okay. I'm not exactly sure about that either now that I say that. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Well, anyways, hey, one of us had a new experience. Yeah, I'm actually really tired because of it. <laughs> it was not a thing, the thing to do in the middle of the day. But Oh, that's a good point. Why don't yeah. you why don't why don't you tell people what it is? I was of, going to and then well, you told me that it was gonna, such a good point that I was making. Yes. Like, any, uh, well, so I went to one of those float places where you sit in the pool, like a, is it a, a dome. Pool? It's like a oh. dome. Like like a clamshell. Oh. Very like little mermaid. It's like a mermaid thing. <laughs> it's not a mermaid thing. No. No. You so need to descri- describe it better. It's like a bathtub that's bigger than you. Oh, is this one of those sensory deprivation things? I don't know. That's not what it's called. Well, it kind of feels like okay, it. Okay, but that's be. not what it's called. It's called float. Oh, okay. Because you float. So it's like this tank that's full of... Giant bathtub. Giant... Well, I don't know. What I, It's a clamshell-looking water container. Okay. That is large enough to hold at least 10 inches of water. So you might drown. That was in the paperwork I had to fill out, <laughs> was acknowledging that... This was a relaxation thing. That there was more than 10 inches of water, and therefore I could drown. So it's a relaxation thing where you might die. Yeah, yeah. So either you'll come out feeling better about life, or you will come out dead. That's Those are the two possibilities. Those, those are the... I, mean, I think there's... Imagine there's a third possibility. I don't know. I mean, either way, you come out salty. Apparently. It's, extra it's, salty. It's all Epsom salt, but it's... Three or four times saltier than the ocean. Oh. Yeah. Because you need a lot of salt to float. Oh, okay. So that that helps the floating process. Yes. And that's why my ears are salty, because I didn't wash the inside of my ears out, because I didn't think to wash the inside of my ears out when I showered afterwards. That's not all that's salty. No, that's all that's salty. Okay. So what was it like? Was it... Tell us more about your experience. Um, so you have like your own room and it has the pod. It looks like a pod, really. And it has like a little shower. And so you like go shower off first, get off any like non-natural things like deodorant. Okay. You know, like that's the only thing I wear. So that's the only thing I really like intentionally cleaned off. If you had like hairspray or lotion, then like. So you have to shower beforehand. Yeah. Okay. But they have the shower there for you. Okay. And it takes like eight minutes for the pool to fill up, so you okay. have you have time okay. to kill. Um, and then, at least at the place I went to, there were lights around the inside rim, and you can pull the lid down as much as you wanted, kind of. Okay. Um, so I left it open a little bit just because I hadn't done it before, so I was like scared of the dark. No, but I just I didn't know what to expect. Okay. And so the light stayed on. Was the room dark? Well, I had to turn off the light to the shower. Okay. 
Um, and it automatically turns off, but she was like, sometimes it takes a long time because it's motion sensitive. Uh, so you hear how to manually turn it off. So I manually turned it off and then I got in and then the lights and like a relaxing music plays for five minutes and then you're cut off. Okay. And then, so that's like the first five minutes of the hour and then you have... This sounds fucking terrifying. It wasn't. But then you have an hour minus five minutes minus five, 50 minutes of floating in the dark and then the last five minutes the lights come back on and the music comes back on to kind of like welcome you back to the world and then after that five minutes the drain starts and that's when you know like you're done and then you have to go shower okay and like i could feel part way through that i would have to shower because like my chin went in the water and then it came up and then it was like all dry and tight from the salt oh no i was like oh okay yeah shower is important so did you enjoy it it wasn't bad it took me like the first did you walk out of building going what the fuck was that no no i didn't okay. i was tired i was like i can go to bed right now oh. um so definitely not a thing to do at 1 30 in the afternoon but <clears throat> okay no it's i don't know i mean it took me like 10 or 15 minutes maybe to like acclimate and i was worried about getting water in my ears okay and so once I got over that, then it was like easier to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just needed to get over it because I don't know. I don't know why I had such a fear about getting water in my ears, <laughs> but I did. Cause you know, I'm just a little crazy and neurotic. So see, that's what I think. I think if I, I so the, the, the goal is to be alone with your thoughts, right? It's like a force. No, there force. were no, here's the thing. There were no thoughts. Okay. So how can there be no thoughts? Okay, well, there were thoughts at first. Okay. Because, you know, it took a little bit of time to just kind of figure out how to get comfortable. Okay. And then I, like, hurt something on my right side. So it took a really long time to figure out how to get my arm comfortable um, because there just wasn't a comfortable position lying flat Does, in the do, water. Do your arms float next to you or they're, like, armrests or something? There's no armrests. Okay. You just, your body is 100% floating. Okay. Um, so that took... A little bit of time to like figure out so i was aware of that okay but kind of like when you get a massage and you're at that point where you're like they're doing something and i know that it hurts but like also you're kind of still like in a different zone yeah it's kind of like that or i'm like oh god my arm is like really bothering me um so this is this is where i'm, I'm stuck on this story because you have and i hope i'm not disclosing too much but you have all the thoughts yeah i do all the time all the thoughts <laughs> yes so I, I I can't wrap my head around the fact that I am having no thoughts. Okay. So aside from thinking about how my body felt, I had one or two like thoughts. Okay. Right? Like thoughts. And the first one I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to think about this. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know, but then I was like, you know, I'm going to embrace it. Like, let's just see what happens. Um, and then, I don't know, somewhere I was like, I'm just going to let it go. And then it went away. Okay. I didn't even have to work hard. It just kind of like. So with no. Was th- passing by. Like, so, like, a, like a paper bag rolling down the street in the wind. Oh, that's very holistic. That's very. Um. Because it was a trash thought. It was garbage straight of thought that I didn't want to go down. You know, that's the thing we have in psychology sometimes with meditation is if you have a thought, let it come into your mind, recognize the thought, and then let it go on its way. That's a, 
That sounds it sounds like a trip. Are you gonna go back? Well, I didn't finish telling you about all the thoughts okay, I, well, I didn't going. have. Keep going. All right, keep going. Keep well, going. I mean, I don't know. I guess that's not what this podcast is about. It's not, but <laughs> but I don't know. It was it was an interesting experience. And do you do you recommend? I think so. That is not a a full throated. I don't recommendation. know because everybody who I talked to beforehand, yeah, who hadn't done it, which was pretty much everybody, was like, "Oh, I could never do that. I'd never do that." And it so, sounds fucking scary. But it wasn't like once again the adjustment period is going to vary depending on you know who you are, and you can touch the sides of the tub. There's like towards the front of the tub. There's like actual metal handles. That you could hold on to if you want to. Okay. And you don't have to stay laying down the whole time. Like, you could sit in the tub. Okay. And there were times, because I was so worried about my ears getting clogged, that, like, I would come up and I'd let my ears drain. I'd be like, okay, we're good. There's no problems. And then, like, I'd noodle around for a bit and then I'd go lay down again and, like, zone out. So, I don't know. I mean, it was just... It was a different experience. The last five minutes before the lights came on, I was like... When are we done? Okay. <laughs> so, like, the last five minutes, I was antsy. Okay. But I think, like, I feel like I need to go back again to experiencing, to experience it knowing... What you're getting into. Yeah, and knowing, like, that I can submerge my ears and I'm fine. Knowing that, like, I don't have to spend the first five minutes wondering where my head goes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just... I don't know. It would be different. And I don't know if that hour is still going to feel really long or if I'll be able to be more like in it instead yeah. of having to take breaks from it. See, I, I just can't wrap, wrap my head around not having thoughts. And I'm not an overthinker. I can definitely zone out with the best of them. But like even when like I'm trying, the only thing I can relate it to is maybe like when I'm trying to go to sleep at night, I try to make sure I don't have thoughts. But thoughts still happen. Like thoughts but still. The thoughts I think I had were like noticing where I, like, at one point, I had an itch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to scratch it, but I'm just going to, like, rub it. Mm-hmm. And I lifted my hand up out of the water, and I was like, oh, my hand's very heavy. And it was like, I was like, I'm just not getting over to that itch. Like, okay. that's not happening. Okay. Um, And then I would, like, push myself from one side of the tub to the other. And oh. just kind of, like, float back and forth. So I would think about that, right? Like, the time it takes to get my body from like one end of the tub to another end, which again is like still kind of a meditative thing. Yeah. So there were thoughts, but they're not like, Oh, what am I going to have for dinner? Or I'm so stressed out about this. Or let me think about this traumatic thing or like, Oh, I'm fighting with someone about whatever. Like it wasn't the usual thoughts. Okay. So hopefully, so you'll go one more time, kind of finalize what you think, and then you can give a recommendation or not a recommendation for people. Yeah. But Cause right, I feel right, like right now, who would you recommend to go and do this? I don't know. At one point, um, the pain that I was having in my right side went away. And I was like, oh, I wonder if Corinne might like something like this, if it like stays that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't. Because it's essentially a giant Epsom salt bath. Yeah. And so, oh, I had that thought of like, oh, it's an Epsom salt bath. Like, of course it would help your muscles. That okay. makes sense. But I'm so far gone that like even a giant Epsom salt bath, I don't think is going to fix my problem overnight. So I had that thought of like, oh, maybe you would for this thing. Okay. Um, I don't know. I would say if you're interested or if you're like, I did it because I am trying to expand my list of ways in which I can cope with life and 
you know, work on self-care and have practices that are... So that's like, it's like contemplative therapy. Maybe, like something that could separate or relax or, you know, but I don't necessarily have anyone specifically in my life right now that I would be like, oh, you should go do this. So here's the thing that, that kind of surprised me becoming a psychologist was learning. So I, I wasn't about the holistic health, wholeness, wellness things before I went back to school. I thought being a psychologist would be very clinical, very um, diagnosing and research. And, and there's certainly that element to it. But about halfway through my training, I realized I was recommending people, hey, have you tried yoga? Have you tried like oh, meditation? Have you tried? I know who I would recommend it for. Okay. If you were having a hard time getting to sleep, I would say schedule one of these at like six o'clock <laughs> and plan to go to bed after. Because I was driving home and I was like, man, I could go to bed. But instead, you've chosen to come here and, and podcast. I'm reengaging with life because it was much lesson learned. Not this in the middle is, of the day. This activity. is a late afternoon, early evening kind of activity. God, now my leg hurts. Now you just started thinking about you that. You could go float, oh, float okay. it out. All right. So this week, we have a topic we kind of wanted to talk about, but it, you just read something. Yeah, because we had to stop temporarily because the dogs were barking. Surprise, surprise. Our dogs, Jakaris and Cusco. They're very cute, but they're very barky. Yeah. Um, and so, has any good, you know, Whatever. What century are we in? The 21st century. Is any good 21st century human would? I popped on social media and I saw that Jamila Jamil had posted this and I was like, I want to go read this. So I Googled it and apparently um, Tennessee has come out. Their house has passed uh, legislation that allows clerks in like the marriage office. Yeah, county clerks typically issue yes. marriage licenses. They are now allowed in the house, from the house, to deny marriage based off of their religious preferences. And it had cited um, interracial, gay. I don't. I forget if there was one more like type of marriage that they said underage. No, Tennessee. not underage. I'm not knocking Tennessee. I'm just not underage. Um, and then the other one was an anti-drag bill, which seems to be the hot button case. But I was so, I think, surprised to see that gay marriage was like snuck in there. And it's the article that I read said that it was expected to pass. Both of those are expected to pass in the Senate, which means the governor is also likely to sign them. Well, and here's the thing. Tennessee has, I mean, Tennessee is already kind of like on the edge right now. Yes. I mean, but everybody surprises, is on the edge. Which surprises me, actually, because I've been through Tennessee before. And man, some of the nicest people I've met live in Tennessee. It's beautiful. Like it's drop. It's gorgeous in Tennessee. So this is what this says um, from the human rights campaign. They have an article about it and they're... Um, Legal director has made this statement in this article, and it says extremist Tennessee lawmakers are unrelenting in their discriminatory attacks on the LGBT plus community. Instead of focusing on issues that Tennesseans actually care about, I don't know, maybe health care, maybe education, maybe like crime, crime. <laughs> you know. Um, so instead of focusing on issues that Tennesseans actually care about, radical politicians and I like I keep diverting from the quotes. I'm such a bad quote reader. But I like that it's put in terms of radical politicians, and we can talk more about that. 
Um, but radical politicians are wasting their time using their power to target the LGBTQ community from same sex couples to transgender youth to drag artists. These bills are not about protecting children and they're not about religious freedom. They're about stripping away the basic human rights that LGBT plus, LGBTQ plus people. Oh, God, I'm having a <laughs> my brain's all over the place. I saw this thing on the Internet and someone was like they had called the LGBT community the and it's like the best thing in the world i'm adopting that and so she's like stealing that she's like i identify as and that's how i want to be addressed for moving forward that's fantastic it's like it's a trending thing i'm about it so i as i'm reading this that came to mind so continue um but they're about stripping away the basic rights that LGBTQ plus people have fought for over decades forcing people particularly transgender non-binary Back in the clo- back and non-binary people back in the closet, labeling us as dangerous. We urge the Tennessee Senate to reject the discriminatory and hateful bills. And then it goes on to say that the Tennessee House of Representatives continues to be one of the most dangerous legislative chambers in the country for LGBTQ plus people. They've ignored constituents, constituents, constituents. There's an N in there that's really throwing me off. Um, They've ignored them in their offices, phone calls, and compelling (laughs) committee testimony. It's time they became the people's house again. So, so much there to unpack. I know, and that's just like... So let's, let's go back to the first thing. If a county clerk can deny a marriage license because of their religious, you know, religious belief. Let's, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. I have a question. Okay. I have a question. This is what I don't understand. I thought that the Supreme Court, somewhere coupled in there with Barack Obama, made it so that gay marriage is federally protected. Didn't that happen in like 2015? Yes. So how can Tennessee say no? So you're talking about the Oberfeld ruling. Yes. and, And essentially... Um, saying that that is that, that is a right. Basically, that you know you cannot deny equal protection of marriage um, under the law because of someone's sex or gender, yes. and that's right. That happened. So here's the thing about that, though. Just to get into the minutia for just a second, and then we're going to get back into this. Um, well, there's a lot of things to unpack are, here. States are allowed to pass laws that may or may not be constitutional. Okay, because that's makes sense right exactly but that's how the constitution changes so what happens is a state will pass a law that they may know is unconstitutional like denying access to health care for kids that there's no way that passes constitutional muster i mean i can think of three or four articles that that's problematic under most specifically privacy um but then also in enumerated rights it's not anyways minutia they pass it knowing it's unconstitutional so that they can get the court case. The court case will go through the system and now, now there is such a conservative majority on the Supreme Court that they're likely oh, so to overturn like a political law. tactic. It's 100% what it is. I mean, the real political tactic is getting reelected and they figured out that this energizes people um galvanizes the the right wing you know we're going after queer people and you don't like queer people so elect us right that's priority one and this is this is i think what we were talking about the other day is that a lot of this discourse and dialogue is a red herring 
Right. Where it is. it's like, hey, we're going to talk about trans people and we're not going to talk about healthcare. We're not going to talk about education. We're not going to talk they about don't crime. Have the answers for those. Right. And so that's really what it, what, it, what it is. I was having this conversation yesterday with, um, with me, with you and one of the guys um, behind the Queer Eye show. And he and he so eloquently put it of they have no answers. And when you have no answers, all you can do is attack cultural issues. And all you can do there is you can get people out to to you know galvanize your base. But no, the longer strategy is enough of these laws passed, one of them's gonna make it up to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court today would not have passed Oberfelk. That would not be a right. So absolutely, they're going to put these through so they can overturn that nationwide. That's going to happen. We need to get married. (laughs) Which is horrible. Like, it's so horrible that, you know, when we've had these conversations about getting married over the past, I don't know, five years, it's like 20% because we genuinely want to. And then like 80% because it's like, oh, shit, like maybe we should get married now. Yeah. And it's not that I, we wouldn't be talking about this otherwise, you know, like the 20% actually is probably more like 80% because we've expressed like we want to do it, you know, but it's, it just sucks that there's this cloud over it that like makes it not fun and makes it a thing that we have to do. Yeah. So this, and this is, this is so interesting. You you read that about the bill. Cause I kind of felt like I saw this coming. I didn't know that was the case. I didn't know that states were looking to give county, uh, county clerks permission to deny things based on religious beliefs. But this is what I'm completely fascinated. And it's what I shared with you the other day. Um, Your religion is a choice. Your religious affiliation is a choice. Like, really, your religious affiliation is a lifestyle. And, And what I mean by that is you can change your religion in a day. You could decide to be Catholic today. You can decide to be Mormon tomorrow. You can decide to be Lutheran the next day. And based upon that choice that you get to make in the moment, you can claim religious discrimination. Though, my one thought on that is that indoctrination is not a choice. No. And and that's where, for me, you're arguing, like, I want to say absolutely yes, yes, but like, we have to realize that, 20 you know, years of being indoctrinated as a kid, that... But even, you don't even need that. Sometimes it's just, you know they drip feed you. Yeah. Right. And all of a sudden you're like a couple of years in to go into church and it's just like, Oh shit. Like we're in this, this is the, we're in deep, you know? So, but this is, this is, this is where the argument holds up. You can decide tomorrow not to be Catholic anymore. There's, there's, this is the only, this is the only protected class in America that is entirely based upon a choice. This is the only protected class of, I choose to be religious today, and therefore you can't discriminate against my religion. And so anytime I hear about these oh, religious objections to whatever, or religious, religious liberties, I think to myself, you know what? There are people that, that um, fight for the right not to make cakes for LGBT marriages, because it goes against their religion. I can't turn them away from my service if they're Christian. I'm sorry, you're Christian, I can't provide you a service. I would, that's not a thing. Even though their thing is a choice versus being queer is not a choice, we know that that is ingrained. Well, but it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just so interesting how everyone, what people think is a choice and what they what people think isn't a choice. It's, right, and I get your point of, 
I mean, when I was deep in Mormonism, I thought for sure, like, I there's no choice. I am Mormon. That's, that's, that's what I believe. Well, and it's not a choice. This but is... it's 100% a choice. And I know that because I chose to not be. But also, like, oh, I have a couple thoughts. Your choice to not be comes with consequences. Your choice to not be Mormon in particular comes with excommunication, comes with you can't ever go to a family member's wedding, comes with you can't be buried with your family, comes with like you can't do these special things with your family, comes with you're never going to go to heaven. Like there's all sorts of consequences to that. But I think really like do we need to look at the people who are in the Tennessee house and how much of them are, you know, genuinely like faith abiding people the people who are like just deep in it and this is what they believe and like i feel like maybe amy conan barrett amy baron barrett barrett the she's on the supreme court yeah Yeah. like she might be one who genuinely is in it yeah believes it right like this is yeah for her it's not faith it's fact yes and therefore this is what she lives objective objective fact yes but are some of these people who are saying these things are these you know, very loud, um, radical was the the word the article had used. Are they faith living people or are they political masterminds? Yeah. And I, because I, if, if part of it is, hey, we're going to, you know, we've already got this gender thing rolling. Let's add on gay marriage to it. Let's see what happens. We've mm-hmm. got a conservative Supreme Court. That's not religious based. That's politics. And that's, let's also think though, and this is, this is the state of politics. Normal people aren't elected to office anymore. And that's because of the primary process. And this is where it gets, it gets frustrating. Um, a while ago when they were talking about Trump's impeachment, I remember Michael Moore was on Seth Meyers one night or another talk show. And he started calling on people in the Senate. Um, and he used this says people of faith, people of real faith. And he quoted like Mitt Romney as example, as someone who's devout in their faith and they do it because they believe it and they think it's true. And he said, I want you to rely on those people, you know, who have their own moral compass and they believe in it and use that. And it was interesting because he was acknowledging in this argument that there are people of real faith, just like you're doing, that these people believe this wholeheartedly. Great. Or not great, depending on what side you're on of that. But I do think there are those devout believers. But then I also think that people that are going along, like it's it's really what we wanted to talk about today is this vocal minority is not the majority. And we know this because we live in a fairly conservative area and people here are generally nice. Like people here don't really seem to care one way or another about queer things or whatever. But isn't that also counteracted because of the financial privilege it is it's 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 offset we live in a place where people are highly educated and that's a that's a that's a tricky spot for sure but still we point out the fact that most people in america don't actually want to harm other people and we know this because gay the support for gay marriage in the 90s was something like 20 or 30 percent something like that and then a couple years ago pew did a poll that showed it was like 78 80 percent 80% of America, that includes Republicans, conservatives, Christians, Christians, or maybe it doesn't, maybe the 20% is Christians. I don't know. I mean, our country is something like 68% Christian. Yeah. But how many of those 68 Christian are actually Christian? That's a whole separate topic for another day. But the majority of America has no problem with gay marriage. 
So why are these legislators and people going after it? They're going after it because the people that elect them are the primary voters. And primary voters, I'm sorry, are batshit crazy. On the conservative side, they are batshit crazy. Primary like the primary election? No. Or primary like they're the main voters? No, no, no. So primary voters are basically the the diehards of political parties on on Republicans, Green Party, um, Democrat Party. Pro, these people, these are people that go to caucuses. These are people that show up at conventions and they and they cast their votes. And God bless them for loving their country and being involved in politics. I can't fault them that. But these are the people who live and breathe the dogma of each each person's respective. Um, political party. And so what happens when you have that is the people that win those on the left and right are usually the people that talk to the extremes because those are the kind of people that show up in the primaries. And then by the time the way our systems work with congressional districts and house districts, it's so fucking gerrymandered that in most states, most counties, most districts, whoever wins the primary is going to go on to win the general election. Like I know when I was in Utah, three out of four, or I guess I have five now, congressional districts are something, they drew them in a way so that Democrats are only in one district and they're a smaller part of that district. And they basically seceded that seat. And they said, okay, Democrats will always win this seat. So whoever wins that primary on the Democratic side becomes the Democrat congressperson from that district. But the other four, whoever wins the primary, that means they're only Republican on the ticket in the general election, election, will win the general election. So it is a handful of people, the most extreme people, and this goes on both sides, that end up being elected to office. And that's why we have these, you know, these 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 people passing bills and things like that that are just purely discriminatory in nature and are not constitutional. But because our Supreme Court is so conservative right now, there's a pretty good chance some of this unconstitutional stuff is going to become constitutional. And that's going to be a real problem. Well, and it's crazy because, again, like looking at that same article, it says, you know, three months into 2023, there's already 400 anti-LGBTQ plus bills. Yeah. Um, 175 of those are trans specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And how is that serving America? At the end of the day, how can you actually say this is serving America? Like, there's no there's no positive spin on this. It's purely... It's purely hate baiting. But we already we already figured out that it was a red herring. Exactly. That it's, it served it's a purpose. It does serve a purpose. It galvanizes the base, gets voters out, but at the same time, that doesn't justify harming people. So the other thing, and we're talking about bills. I keep going through this and I saw a bit the other day a comedian was talking or a stand-up kind of person was talking, and he started talking about public drag shows have you ever seen a public drag show Brittany um now you live in Las Vegas you've seen some things did you ever just walk down the street and all of a sudden there was a bunch of drag performers there who were stripping no I mean I've seen other things yeah (laughs) I've, I've seen I've seen some other things I'm sure don't look down those alleys but I've not ever so they'd actually do well in Vegas. <laughs> you, right? They, they would. If there was ever a place to encounter a public drag show, it's Vegas. That would be the place. But there are no public drag shows. That's not a thing. No. 
It's, it's a, not like you have like what is it, like poetry in the park or something. Or the, it's or not like, like that. We're going to go to the park. Mob. Flash mob drag show. Like and even then, but not even, even then, drag show. Here's the thing. What's the show? Right. Because like a lot of I don't know. There's there's a lot of I think gray area where they're talking about drag shows, but then they're also talking about being in drag in air quotes in public right and then what does that look like and that's where it gets scary so when you look at tennessee's bill or the other bills that are talking about public drag shows again red herring because one there's no public drag shows that's not like a that's not a thing much less public drag shows that are adult oriented not a thing but the i mean drag shows do tend to happen more in bars yeah you know, with but I wage requirements and idea like I wouldn't call the like, you know, story time with a drag queen a show, right? Like literally, if I go read a book to kids at the library, I'm not putting on a show. I'm just reading a book. I'm just reading a book. Trust right. me, that's you know. So this is where it gets scary. The wording in the actual bills, and they're trying to distract you, saying it's public drag, public drag shows, and I encourage you to actually go read the bills. Because the bills say if a man is impersonating a woman or a woman is impersonating a man in public, this person is guilty of a misdemeanor in the first first offense and felony in the second offense. Impersonating is an interesting word. It's a vague. It is. By no means do I think trans people are impersonating. But a conservative judge all day long well there's a there's a gray area in being trans where pre and early transition you know there's ambiguity there's things that don't match up there's all sorts of stuff that easily can fit into what was the word you used impersonating impersonating right because it's like oh i identify this way but I, I don't pass. Right, I'm still learning the ins and outs of this. Right. I, my hair is not long if I'm trying to be more femme or, you know, I am transmasculine, but I can't get top surgery and binders hurt because I have a bad back. Right. Like there's all sorts of things. But it's funny, though, because it's all. It's all. Oh, that makes a difference. A little bit. <laughs> but it's all still only solely focused on. Men pretending to be women. Yeah. And, and and trans women. Nowhere. We don't give a shit about trans men or non-binary people in terms of like any of the legislative stuff that's coming so out. So I think we're going to let's talk about that on the next episode because I've seen I read an article today talking about the rise of butch lesbians again. And we'll get to we'll get to that one. Some people, when I bring up that that uh, the verbiage in the in the in the in the in the bills, they say no, 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 no. I say this gives people this gives police the right to arrest trans people for simply being in public, and they say no, 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 no. That that's as an overreaction. That's not at all what they're going to do. They're not actually trying to attack trans people. But then CPAC happened. Then CPAC happened, and the man who said. At least he's pretending to be a man pretty well. I'm not actually sure. The man who said... Well, before you say that, 
going back to your thought about like how police could arrest people Mm -hmm. and how everyone's saying no 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 clearly has never seen like a person of color being arrested for being a person of color oh yeah like i just just throwing that out there yeah no that's definitely a thing yes Um, so go back to and shit if you're a trans person of color you're fucked you're fucked but go ahead talk about cpac so a standing ovation for the man who claimed we need to eradicate america of transgenderism who used the word eradicate eradicate and we had had this conversation a couple days before where you're like they're trying to eradicate trans people and i was like i don't know that i i haven't heard anybody use that word that's a strong word like sometimes you get a little too hot and passionate about topics and like you know i maybe come in a little too low because that's just those are our personalities and that's why we're together probably is because somewhere in the middle when you mush us together we make a very level-headed person Mm -hmm. um but i was like no no like that's you're 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 a little off the deep end with that and then i saw that and i was like oh shit all right i guess we're all swimming in the deep end i just didn't know i'm floating my deep end has salt (laughs) yeah make no mistake these people want to eliminate transgender people for the sake of for the sake of what political gain or, or even if it's a religious belief, but even then, or some. Well, I was just wondering, like, was Hitler a religious thing or just a? Well, that's what's interesting, because so, that's what this is very much so like. Is and there's so many things saying like the, that I don't want to say the Republican Party because it's the extremists, it's the radicals. Make no mistake, DeSantis is a fascist. Yes, he, he is an absolute fascist, and that is where the Republican Party is going. Yeah, but what I was saying was that there's a lot of discourse saying that the Republican extremists, I don't I don't know what word I feel comfortable using yet, but that those individuals are taking notes from the Nazi playbook. Maybe that's why they're so against history being taught in school. I don't, I don't get into a whole other thing on, on this. I, th- I think the alt is the alt-righteous, and there's more to that. More to come on that later. But we are seeing the rise in Christian nationalism. They want this to be a... A Christian state. They want God taught in the schools and they want you to conform. And if you don't conform, well, now we know they want to eradicate you. Which is how it's been from the beginning. I would like to believe it hasn't always been. I would I, like to believe Isn't that what point. colonialism is founded on? We are white Christians who have these beliefs. You are Native Americans. You do not. Yeah. We're going to murder you. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to tell everybody that we had turkey with you. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think, um, and one of the things that comes into play is understanding. I used to not believe America become could become a murderous nation. You know, I, but I'm sure there were Germans in the 1920s and 30s. Well, maybe before World War One, 1913, um, who didn't think Germany could become a murderous nation. You know it, what I think. Tell me. This is all like just shit. Yes. Like, I don't, I'm so depressed after having this conversation because, and this is why for me, I have to stay very far, like arm's length and then some from it because it's too much. It's too impactful. There's too little that I can do. And I feel like I could spend my whole life dedicated to like doing things for marginalized people. And it's never going to be enough to make up for like, what is happening like i am one person in a you know in a neighborhood in a city in a state in a country in a world 
you know, because like the United States is not the only one who's like on fighting about gay people yeah. or queer people. And it's just like shit. Like I can't there's there's literally nothing that I can do. And anything I do is like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a drop in the bucket. And it's so stressful to have to carry this weight of trying to be a social change because I am part of this community and wanting to help those who are more marginalized within the community and feeling like there is absolutely nothing I can do and then being paralyzed and crushed to death by that reality. I think that's a great point. And I think that's a great place to kind of maybe end this on a, on a positive note of crushed, (laughs) crushed dreams and suffocation. Here's what, here's what I've noticed. Um, the other day I was talking to, um, I was talking to a, a trans woman, late twenties, who was kind of at the end of her rope and wasn't suicidal, but was just completely beaten down. Just, you know, trials of life. And I talked with her for a couple minutes and, and after the conversation I could tell, and, and she verified that, you know what, I'm feeling a little bit better. That's what we can do on such a small level. You know, we can reach out to people in the community and just say, you know what? I see you. I hear you. I'm going to be here when things get harder. That's what you can do. That's what you can do is you, if you can make one, one queer person's life, you know, 0.1% better for a couple minutes. That's what you can do. That's all that. I'm not going to say that's all that need to happen. I think there'll be people like me that, that, that will carry the torch and burn the bridges and, and do what needs to do to fight the fight. I think there's people more extreme than me that'll actually get out there and burn the bridges, burn the bridges and, and fight the fight. Um, and I am not one of those people. And that's okay. It doesn't feel okay. Especially when like the community you're part of, like that, like I've, I've cultivated or maybe found opportunity to be a part of a larger queer community yeah. online. And it's hard to see everybody saying we need to be doing this or to see people who I know, you know, from real life saying, you know, why am I only seeing one person reposting this thing I'm saying about queer people? And to, to see all of these people who are being so vocal and verbal and having the same expectation you know, and then there's part of me that's like, well, we have podcasts and that's at least a place where it's like, you know, contained where we can like push our voices out and hopefully like make a difference. But the expectation to be involved and to be saying things and to be having conversation with straight cis people is massive. I think you're right. And I think um, the truth is this is not a this is not a fight that's happening on social media. It and is. It's, but it's, it's not. It's not going to do shit. All the social media in the world isn't going to do shit. Do you think the Christian nationals give a shit about social media? No. Well, when looking, they give us. They give a shit about getting the right people elected to office to elect the right judges to take over America and make it a fascist state. Well, and I think that's where, like, I know that my social media is largely people I know, and it's all echo chambers. And it's stuff. it's people who, you know, with the exception of a couple of outliers who I know are decent people and who are not even though they're maybe republicans they're not the hate mongering type they're yeah. not the let's support this bill type yeah you know like i am posting things for the sake of showing other people that i am 
posting things, which it's hard because number one, I don't always feel visibly queer enough. So when I as non-visibly queer person, I'm not posting things. Now I'm really feeling like I'm the problem. Yeah. And, and I think anytime you're in a group that makes you think you're the problem for not doing enough. Well, but isn't it just fighting the wrong battle? Am I just the problem because I think that I am the problem and that's just who I am? Because let's be honest, <laughs> I can make myself be the problem of a lot of things. World War One, somehow I started that. <laughs> okay. I'm the problem. Nothing to do with Franz Ferdinand. No. Um, the, po- the point is small personal things. Get off social media. Talk to actual queer people. Go volunteer somewhere. Serve people. Um, surround yourself with people that are different than you and learn and listen. Um, social media, much like the news stations of today, are just echo boxes. And they're about ratings. They're about clicks. They're about advertising. Social media companies will feed you things that will know that you respond to and so that they can make money. That's all that is. So maybe that's why we have a podcast. And I think that's why I'm doing this is hopefully that one person listens to it. One person stumbles upon it and I make their day maybe 0.1% a bit better. And that's all we can really do. And that's okay. So with that, that's the uh, end of this episode. Apparently next week we're going to be talking, next in two weeks we're going to be talking about the rise of butch lesbians. Unless we come up with something different. Unless there's another bill out there that's... (laughs) in the news or the not news anyways thanks for listening uh please tell your friends about us please subscribe please do whatever you need to do um we really enjoy doing this and putting us out there and this is something we want to do more of also if you're interested in being a guest on the show go ahead and reach out to us um our information's on our website. Just Unless search. you're a Christian nationalist. Oh, Christian nationalist, maybe, please. Maybe we don't. Please reach out to... Oh, God, please. Okay, you can do that episode alone. I'm going to go on vacation when you do that episode. Oh, that's going to be fun. Okay, yeah, you have fun with that. All right, but yeah, anyways, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on and hear your opinion, especially if it's different than our own. And bye-bye. Bye.